Greetings, friends. Welcome to the Pin Tool Podcast. My name is Al Wayman, owner of Creek Road Pottery in Laceyville, Pennsylvania, next to the cold Tuscarora Creek. Pull up your chair around the wheels. We discuss topics concerning the art and craft of pottery, good books, storytelling, marketing, and creating work that matters for folks who care. Greetings, friends. Welcome to another episode of the Pin Tool Podcast. My name is Al Wayman. This is Season 3, Episode 3, and I hope everybody out there is doing great and hoping that you had a good start to the year. The Tuscarora Creek is running cold down back the house, and it's been an unseasonably warm uh, spring so far. We got one, one cold snap, put some frost in the ground, and some snow, and... It froze over the uh, the ponds and a little bit on the river and allowed people to do a little bit of ice fishing, but all that's gone now because it's been up to 40 degrees. And so we only had the ice for maybe less than a week, at least a week. But those who had ice fishing urge we're able to get out on the ice a little bit. So as far as making pots here at Creek Road Pottery, I've been working on some Valentine vases. have a few shows coming up. Uh, one show is the uh, Chocolate and Wine Festival down in Dushore, PA. I hope to go there with my friend Jill. I think I mentioned it in the last episode. So I have all the wine cups done for that show thrown and dried. I just need to fire them out through the bisque and then glaze and then uh, do a glaze firing. It shouldn't be too much trouble. Um, and then I need to start throwing beer mugs um, because uh, I have another event coming up and I hope to sell beer mugs at that show. I need to get ready for the bunny trail. It's um, on the weekend of the uh, March 17th, so I need to start creating work for that. It's uh, three days from the 14th, 15th, let's see, 17th, 15th to the 17th, yes. And um, it's going to be a lot of fun. I, I have some ideas on how I want to do it. I created some new ideas around how I put texture patterns on pots. So I'm going to have some different looking pots and I'm kind of excited about that. And I want to try a few different things. I want to put in a lot of soup bowls, early spring folks love eating soup out of handmade. So I'm going to be doing that coffee mugs and some large beer mugs that people have been asking for with hopefully big handles so they can stick their hands all the way through. So that's going to be coming up. Um, so that'll be probably four firings of pots for the show. usually like to have 120 pieces for that show uh, or more to fill the building. And then what's ever left over from the wine fest and the beer fest that I'm attending um, before then, I'll be putting into that show also. So trying to keep busy. Um, the Valentine vases, 
going fairly decent. I have probably eight more to throw and I need to get them thrown and carved out because Valentine's Day is right around the corner and I want to get them out. So they're looking fairly decent. Um, had some problems throwing large. I hadn't been throwing large in probably a month or two and I thought I had enough practice getting back into throwing with my wine cups that I made. I probably made about 30 or 40 wine cups and then some some bowls. I made 20 or 30 bowls and I went to throw six pounders. I needed 12 six poundies uh, for the vases and the first first four shall we say <laughs> were a flop. And I had a real bad time. It's almost like my wits were stolen. Forgot how to pull up, right? So I had to cut them all apart. Cut them all apart. Started over. And had to practice a bit with that to try to pull the sides. So I ended up uh, pulling four. Um, and then I just need to go down and do the other eight today. Shouldn't be too bad. I could do, I think, four bigs an hour. It was on six pounders because um, it just takes a little bit more time. It's it's not like throwing mugs where it's an easy pull. Um, the big, the bigs they need to go a little bit slower, and more things happen, more movements happen, and more uh, types of things are taking place to bring about those. So that's what's on my schedule. I've been sticking to a schedule, which feels pretty decent. Um, I was able to get all the writing done. I started a new series called the Through the Fires Pottery Dailies. So every day I've been writing and trying to make that a practice. It's been going pretty decent. I was kind of worried I would run out of stuff to talk about. But um, as I've been going through and making it a practice, um, I've been learning about uh, myself and my ideas I have, and I can reflect back. And also, at the same time, I'm learning about myself. I'm sharing that with others. So if you would like to sign up for the Potter Dailies, see it on my website at creekrollpottery.com. It doesn't cost you a thing. Go to Substack, sign up for the free subscription, and you can get a Pottery Daily in your email every day. Now, you may not read all of them because uh, out of the 30 or 40 I write, well, 30, at least if there's 30 days in the month, 90% are going to be bad, right? But there's going to be three in there that you might enjoy. Also, the Pen Pal uh, program has been going great. Um, I got some more letters out. feel good about that. It's so much fun sitting down and handwriting letters back to you and it's always great to know uh, what you have been up to and what you are you are creating and it's good to know that there's other folks out there making work that matters for people who care so in this episode um, we're going to talk about customer segments and what those might be the last episode we discussed the business model canvas, the nine um, sections of a business, 
and how to put it together according to Steve Blank. Um, I'll put a link to a free download of the Business Model Canvas, and also I'll put Steve Blank's um, class in there once more. That's a, that's a really good class in the whole thing. The reason why I'm staying in this area is because there aren't too many podcasts out there on how to build a pottery business. And uh, I thought it might be helpful. I've done that a little bit. And um, I am on season nine of my pottery business. And hopefully I can grow it a little bit more. I'm looking to retire into it. I do um, work in the pottery part-time because I have a full-time job uh, working at a big paper factory. So if you read my blogs, you will know a little bit about that. So um, learning the business side of the paper factory and understanding uh, the components, I've been there probably for about 18 years, I can apply some of those things into my small business into the pottery. So it's no longer a hobby. It's a part-time job. And I really enjoy it um, because I was able to turn down uh, promotions to leadership uh, because I generated enough income, more income than they would pay me in the raise uh, from the pots. So that was a good thing, right? So I can worry less and make more pots. So I've been doing a lot of writing. I know. But there's some potters who are writers. Um, so I guess writers write in potter's pot. I just need to, to figure out maybe which one I want to be. Could I make better pots if I did less writing? Maybe. Could I write better if I did less pots? Maybe. But I do enjoy uh, making the pots. So I'm just going to hang where I'm at for a year and see how it goes, right? All right, so today we are going to be throwing mugs down in the studio, and there's plenty of room down there. How about you get a get a coffee and come back and join me around the treadle wheel? We'll get that fired up again. It's been some time since we sat around the treadle wheel and had a conversation, and we'll talk about customer segments, what are they, and why they should matter to you. Okay. I'll meet you down there. All right, here we are back at the old treadle wheel. So pull up a chair and uh, there's plenty of room for everybody. And you can sip your coffee while I toss some mugs here. And we have a chat about customer segments. And uh, this is coming from the book um, Business Model Design. And I'll post a link to the book and the author in the show notes and the customer segment section of your business uh, there's nine parts that i talked about in the business model canvas and customer segment section is the first section customer segments uh very important because you can't have a business without customers right paying customers and if you didn't have paying customers, you wouldn't survive very long, no matter what business plan you had. And in order to have those customers, you need to 
learn how to better satisfy your customer needs. So you need to ask, what's it for? Who's it for and what change you're trying to make and what's it do? So asking all those questions will help you pick what kind of customer segments you might want to target with your work. Now some of y'all out there will be like, Al, uh, we don't really need to think about this because I just make what I like and I, and I sell to my followers. Well, that's good, but your, your followers are a customer segment because whether you know it or not, um, you generated work and showed it to them and the people who cared enjoyed it. So they came to your group looking for your type of work and unbeknownst to you and inadvertently you may be catering to that type of customer segment and if you changed your style of work it may not be for them anymore and they may leave and you may gain different followers for the change that you made so those types of things are customer segments it is possible, and this is what the writers of this book talk about, and using the business model canvas and why it's so important, it is possible to choose a type customer segment and create a customer profile and pair that with the type of work that you like to make and target them in a better way. So that means you would have to leave the studio to do that. And you would have to go to shows, talk to people you don't know who might be in the type of customer segment that you want to make work for. So that's really hard to do. Why do you talk to people you don't know? Because your friends and family will lie to you because they don't want to hurt your feelings, right? So they might be like, oh, yeah, these are great pots, but you can't believe them, right? So you need to define your customer segment, uh, and they could be different sizes, right? You could have several small ones, or you can have one large one. It's all up to you on who you want to make pots for. And believe it or not, you get to pick who you want to make pots for. So that's kind of nice. So once you make that decision on what your customer segments are, you can define a business model around that and keep working on it to better understand your customers' needs and who they are. So here at the Pottery, I talked about it before, I have three customer segments that I satisfy. One customer profile is Mrs. Davis. Uh, she's a middle-class lady who loves to spend her own money and has her friends with her on the weekends. They go to wineries. They love uh, home decor and stuff for the kitchen and stuff that they can use in baking and things that they can put in their living rooms to look beautiful, on their coffee tables to look beautiful. 
pods to be put in their vacation homes, at the lake, things like that, right? The second one is Mrs. Chambers. She has more money. She loves the pods that are at the gallery. So she supports the arts. She loves the more non-functional things, maybe. She has extra spending money than Mrs. Davis does. And she loves having more artistic pieces. They're maybe non-functional, but still look beautiful that she can decorate her home with, right? Then I have Wet, wet Shave Jimmy. Uh, wet Shave Jimmy loves anything, you know, with old-timey wet shaving. So he buys up the uh, ceramic brushes that I make, brush handles with, um, ceram um, with knots put into them, and also the, uh, the shave bowls. And I have a goat lady, my friend Jill, and a few others who hand make soap, uh, shave soap for Wet Shave Jimmy. And we create bundle deals, and it works out great. So the more I get to know Mrs. Davis and what she likes, the more I get to know Mrs. Chambers and what she likes, the more I get to know Wet Shave Jimmy, the more work I could sell and the more I can delight them. And while I'm creating things that I enjoy, put something extra on the pots to delight them even more, right? So this will help you do a whole bunch of things. Um, they can, your customer segments can uh, uh, be separated up if um, their needs require and justify different types of um, offers. So when you run sales or you have pottery sales, you can target coupons to your different customer segments for different reasons, rather than just doing a straight promotion on, you know, 30% off for everybody. You can be, hey, Mrs. Davis, I'll send you 30% off for the spring show because I'm coming out with a bunch of casserole dishes. I know you're going to love them. So I may only target Mrs. Davis in that promotion. I don't need to send 30% off for my spring show for Wet Shave Jimmy because I may only have a few shave bowls here local and I sell the rest online. So I may give Shave Jimmy a online coupon later for another promotion I'll run in a bundling with, say, a new soap that I had somebody make me. So, so that's so that's a way that you separate out your customer segments. Um, another way is the distribution or how you reach those customers in the different segments. So for me, West Shave Jimmy, he's all online, mostly. And I sell far more to Wet Shave Jimmy online than I do in-person shows or at the shop outside. So distribution channels to him are going to be different than to Mrs. Davis. I run into Mrs. Davis's uh, both here. 90% of the Mrs. Davis's come here for their things. And a few Mrs. Davis's when I'm out. And um, so those distribution channels and where you sell them at are going to be targeted differently and in different ways. So another way um, 
when you segment customer uh, segments, segment customer segments, yes, um, you're going to form a different relationship with each customer segment because I don't treat Wet Shave Jimmy the same way I treat uh, Mrs. Davis because they're two different people, two different profiles, and they like different things and their needs and the story they tell themselves when they're using the pots, the story they tell themselves about you and your work are different for each customer segment. So the relationships are going to be different. Also, the cost structure is going to be different. Uh, Mrs. Chambers has a little bit more money and she likes nicer things that are more artistic and non-functional. She's going to pay a different price than Mrs. Davis looking for a casserole dish. And Wet Shave Jimmy, he's only going to buy a shave bowl. I'm not going to sell him casserole dishes. Not unless they want it for a gift, but it's very rare. So the different customer segments have different um, um, profit, profitability um, potential. I think I said that right. Profitabilities. There, I said it. And um, they're willing to pay for different aspects of the offer. So Mrs. Davis may be okay with an upgrade to her casserole dish if you throw in a free um, packet of four four uh, soup bowls, right? So you'd be like, hey, Mrs. Davis, I'm running a special. If you buy the casserole dish for an extra for an extra forty bucks, I'll throw in four bowls with it. Um, same thing for West Shave Jimmy. I run those promotions different because I know that they'd be willing to pay for different things at different times. So each segment is a bit different. So mass market uh, is a little bit different because mass market, they don't really break down too much into their product, into customer segments. Um, only niche markets do. And being in pottery, we mostly make for niche markets. And so things get segmented and diversified. So I think that uh, when you're making pots for everybody, uh, that's the mass market. And it's kind of like making pots uh, for Walmart. Anybody can go to Walmart and buy your pots, right? If you got into Walmart and you had mass produced pots like you wouldn't care who bought your pots um, with a niche market you're only making for the least valuable audience and you are catering to people like wet shave jimmy and mrs davis and mrs chambers so you know those people and you know that profile so you're not making work for everybody you're making work for a few customer segments who care about what you do so a lot of times, um, diversification uh, can be good, especially if you're uh, changing between customer segments or you're running test trials. Um, so there may be another niche market that you're trying to get into. 
So maybe you want to add a customer segment and drop another one. Um, you can diversify. Uh, also, diversification is really good in customer segments. Uh, if you only had one customer segment, when the economy or something bad hits that customer segment real bad, and they're not able to uh, have the resources to buy from you, um, the other customer segments uh, will pick that up. So if you're only selling to one customer segment, one customer profile, um, then uh, I would seriously think about uh, diversifying and maybe having two or three, right? So think about who your customer profile is and what customer segments you make work for. Leave the pottery studio, right? Leave the studio, go out there and talk to people and find out their interests. Ask who's it for, who's it, who's it for, what's it for, what change you're trying to make. And you get to pick, you get to pick what customer you make work for. I know it's a revolutionary idea uh, because a lot of times we just make work and put it out there. And we hope that they pick us, right? We go to shows. We hope we get picked by the shows to even show up at the shows. And then we hope that the customer at the shows that we got picked for pick us and pick our thing to buy from us. But um, if you diversify your uh, distribution channels and you diversify your customer segments, you get to pick them. Because no longer do you need to depend on shows to go sell your work or juries, five people in a room to sit around and hopefully pick you. Uh, you can pick yourself by making work for the customers you picked, right? That's amazing. And uh, especially now uh, with being online, yes, it does take work and anything that is of value uh, does take work, right? And you might say, Al, I'm not good at marketing the customer segments. Uh, just get out there and do it in a bad way first, right? <laughs> Mess it up bad because in messing up, right, you're practicing. And with every screw up, just like the pots, you had to learn how to center before uh, you got a good mug, right? You had to probably throw a hundred of those things and you had to put on like 80 handles before you got a good one uh, and it was just a huge struggle you you had to lose like so many pots through the process just to get one of them out of the kiln and and that's what marketing is and that's what setting up a business is and you need to start now because now is the best time and you are ready right now to start and you are ready right now to start finding your customer segment Ask yourself, who do I want to make pots for? And go out and talk to some of those people. Uh, best way to do that is to help somebody else sell at shows. And it gives you access to people you don't know. People who might be uh, in the customer segment that you would like to make pots for and that you would like to target. You get to know those people. Uh, go look at trends at Target or trends coming up at 
different stores like Walmart or Amazon? Like, what, what are people in your customer segment, in your pay scale, uh, what are they buying? You know, what kinds of colors are they like? What, what's the color palette? Uh, what's, the, what's the home decor styles that are coming out? You know, a lot of people will create Pinterest boards. So I'm not saying that, like, copy, right, because you want to be different, because because making work for everybody is, is boring, because everybody's doing it. Be yourself, but use the information that you find on your customer segment to better gear your work towards delighting and pleasing your customer segment and being able to take them through the whole experience of working with you and telling your story to them and having them tell a story about you in their minds every time they use it or a story about themselves. So remember, you're the guide. Make the customer the hero. Kind of lead them into how to use your product product, and uh, the different ways that they can feel good about knowing that they support you and make work that matters uh, for people who care, right? So thanks for listening in. Um, I'm going to go through all these segments in the, in the business model canvas. Uh, so hang in there, right? This is boring stuff, but I don't think too many people are talking about it. I'm going to post that link um, to Steve Blank's um, free class. He still has it up. Go listen to that class. And um, if you can get a hold of this book, um, look for the Business Model Generation Handbook for Visionaries and Game Changers and Challengers. Um, so I'm going to post the Amazon link to this book. It's an excellent book, and it'll help you immensely. So thanks for listening to the podcast. Really appreciate it. And it's great to hear from you. If you want to write me a letter uh, and sign up for the Pen Pal program in old-timey fashion, um, get a stamp and write me a letter, put it in the mailbox, send it to 917 Creek Road, Laceyville, Pennsylvania, 18623. And I'll be waiting by my mailbox for your letter, and I'll write you back, right? Until next time, friends. Be well and make work that matters uh, for people who care.